Welcome to the Social Propertypreneur Podcast. And here is your host, social media queen, property investor, and entrepreneur, Laura Muse. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the next episode of the Social Propertypreneur. Today, I've got a fantastic guest who is a two-time world champion triathlete. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he's also an international inspirational and motivational speaker, and he's released his book recently, which yeah. is a bestseller. Yeah. Um, the one and only Mr. Steve Judge. That's really good. And it's, it's well done, because there's lots of people that, that try to introduce me, and they sometimes get it wrong with power triathlete, or triathlete or Paralympian. I'm not a Paralympian. And I miss and, the power off. <laughs> yeah, power, but it's, it's fine. You know, it's, there's a lot to, to fit in there because I've done so much. Yes. And onwards it goes. So, and yeah, so let, let's talk about all of that. Yeah. So, Steve, for the people who don't know you, um, do you mind just telling people a little bit of background of where you were in your life and how you've kind of got to where you are now, obviously? Going down a completely different career. Okay, first of all, I can't believe that people don't know about me. <laughs> okay, for, for those that don't know, uh, a quick introduction. So, um, and I think it's very quick because otherwise I do keynote talks and I spend 45 minutes talking about my yeah. story. So to, to cram it all into three minutes or one minute would be fine. Um, so 17 years ago, I had a, a near-fatal car accident on the outskirts of Sheffield. I lost control of the car. There's nobody in the car um, with me. There's nobody else on the road. It was just a just a bad accident, just a rain on the road. So I skidded, crashed, and got both my legs crushed. From that, um, I got rescued, got taken to the Northern German Hospital where they, they saved my life and they saved my legs. The only problem is, is they only saved them as, as much as they could and they were in a really bad way. My left leg had been wrenched apart at the knee, my right leg had been partially amputated, and although they fixed them, um, I was told at that point when I woke up that due to the... Uh, the adversity and the, the trauma and everything that I may never walk again. Oh my gosh. And I think, yeah, when you have something like that told to you, it's because I didn't expect words yeah. like that to be, be said to me. It's like, I think it's like a fight or flight. I think that the flight in me was, well, I can just lie, roll over in bed and just give in. I guess I'll never walk again. Yeah. And the opposite is the fight. And that's, that's why I felt really angry. I felt really angry that somebody had the audacity to say that to me. Yeah. But they didn't even know me. Um, from what I could see, I had two legs. They weren't the best legs, but I was thinking, right, I can do something with these, surely. Surely I can stand, surely I can walk, surely I can do that. So who are you to tell me that I can't do that? Mm. And for me, it's like a red rag to a bull. And I think that's a quite a theme throughout my journey is when somebody tells me that I can't do something, <laughs> I'm like, really? Says who? <laughs> who are you to tell me that? And sometimes that's myself telling myself that I can't do that, I can't do that, that's, that's massive, that's huge. Yeah. I go, well, why, why can't we do it? I talk to myself a lot, uh, it's not a bad thing, <laughs> apparently. I do um, too. <laughs> <laughs> good, good, I think it's, it's very special. I remember I did, a, um, I did an assessment down at the, uh, the GB squad once and there was a questionnaire that we had to fill in and it was lots of questions about how we train and how we act and one of the questions was, do you talk to yourself? And I was like, uh, do I admit to this? <laughs> I know, because they might think, I'm going to get in the squad. But if I say that I talk to myself all the time, what are they going to say? I was like, no, come on, be, be honest. Right? Yes, I do talk to myself quite often. <laughs> and so when the results came in, I got into the GB squad. I said, do you know that question? I said, was that the right answer? They said, it's a very good answer. 
that you talk to yourself, it means that you're, you know, uh, benchmarking yourself, developing yourself, right. you can assess yourself, it's, it's good. I'm like, oh, thank goodness for that. <laughs> That's okay, yeah. okay, so I'm quite happy to talk about it now. Um, but yeah, so going back to the hospital, um, I had a long journey ahead of me. You know, I had to, my left leg, they put uh, new ligaments in my knee because those got ripped out. So I've got ligaments from a pig in that wow. now. Uh, I've got lack of feeling below the knee, lack of movement. I get a lot of um, cramp. Uh, my right leg, to cut a long story short, I had to grow my leg back. So I had to lengthen it to the right length. I had a big metal cage in my mm -hmm. leg. I had to twist bolts every day and, and lengthen it to the right length. And then I took that left with just a gap of four inches. So then I had to grow bone back oh, wow. and I didn't know how to grow bone back. So again, that took a long time. It wasn't just drinking milk and eating cheese. It was actually, <laughs> it was actually I had to use my bone to actually grow my bone. So um, standing on my leg, walking on my leg, even though there was no bone in my leg. Oh my gosh. Um, that's a very much mind over matter. Yeah. But again, with all of these things, it's about having that goal in mind and, and doing anything and everything to get to that goal. For me, it's to stand again, to walk again, to, to get back to what I wanted as what I saw as normal. Um, and so I did all of these things. And I was always on this process, on this journey, I was always asking myself, what more can I do? What more can I do? What more can I do? Mm. Constantly, because I didn't want to have any regrets. Uh, my, my leg got to the right length, I grew the bone back, the cage was released, I was able to stand again, I was walking again. My goal of getting back to normal was, was not there. Yeah. That was a real thing that, that shocked, shocked me, but I was very different to what I was before the accident to what I was after. Um, with my, my right leg, much as the right leg, lack of calf muscle, really thin skin, uh, unflexible ankles, I can't move, my toes were fixed, I had a lot of pain in my right ankle as well, with, with anything physical. So I suddenly realised that this goal of, of getting back to normal, the normality, um, doesn't exist. And it's a big message that I pass to business owners, to friends, family, but also to the new generation, yeah. to schools, universities. Stop comparing yourself to other people. There yeah. is no such thing as normal. Everybody's different. Don't compare yourself to your friends, your family, to your peers, to celebrities, as we all do. Everybody's different. And I had to start thinking about what I could do rather than what I couldn't do. Yeah. Uh, not easy. Uh, it's very hard. I couldn't run anymore, so I put that to one side, but I could swim, so I did that. I could cycle, so I did that. And I set myself new goals, new challenges, and, and just physical challenges. I was, I was like headset on, on getting into my head that the, the accident hadn't had a detrimental effect on my life. Uh, it dragged me down, it beat me down, but it wasn't, I wasn't going to give in. I wasn't going to make it, I wasn't going to let it beat me. It, it yeah. being the accident, this thing, almost like a person. So I was always pushing myself. Uh, and setting goals and working towards them. And I was looking for a new challenge. And uh, the only challenge I could find was this thing called, which I had swimming and cycling in, the only thing I could find was this thing called triathlon, swimming, cycling, running. I was like, ah, oh, damn, <laughs> I can't run. So, so what am I gonna do? So I hadn't run for seven and a half years and I just thought, well, maybe I could just walk around the triathlon thing. Uh, so I, I was looking for an event and I found one and as I scroll down, there's this thing called a power triathlon, triathlon for disabled yeah. people. I was like, oh, I wonder, with my injuries, I wonder if I can register as a disabled athlete. So I went down, got registered, and they said, Steve, you, you are disabled. And I'm like, yes. Because <laughs> this meant, I yes. could now, yeah, no, come on, get it. Because for me, this now meant that I couldn't lean on excuses. I can now compete as a disabled athlete. And they said to me, they said, Steve, can you run? And I said, not yet because now I had a goal. I had no real purpose to run before. And running had been taken away from me for seven and a half years. I used to love to run. So to, to run again, 
to get back in going again with my my legs as they were you know it was painful it was hard and there were consequences if i ran then i couldn't i couldn't run the next day i was in so much pain but i think about what i could do rather than what i couldn't do mm. i would swim and the day after that i still couldn't run so i would cycle and the day after that i could run again so i did so i was thinking about what i could do all the time so that took me into the world of power triathlon yeah you know meeting the other power triathletes from around the uk incredible people i I, I excelled at the sport um, using my drive, um, so I became British champion, wow. I became European champion, but again, setting goals, you know, whizzing through this journey now, but as an elite athlete, now asking myself in that form, what more can I do, what more can I do, what more can I do, because I wanted to be world champion, that was my goal, that's what I was working towards, um, so setting that as my goal, getting a coach, working towards that, taking me all the way out to Beijing, where I competed wow. against the rest of the world in 2011 and, and won. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and achieved yet another goal. And, the, you know, I, there's so many goals that I've missed off that journey. And there's so many goals that I achieved after that as an elite athlete. Um, but at some point, you know, I, I did retire. You know, it was an amazing time that I had and standing on the podium. Oh, my goodness. You know, it's so emotional. People say, what's it like crossing the finish line and the adrenaline and the, the, the bars and everything? Yeah, that's awesome. But you can also see it coming, uh, you know, as time goes on. But the podium, you don't really prepare for that. You don't really practice or train or think what that's going to be like. But when you're standing on that podium and they start playing your national anthem and you see your country's flag being lifted up the flagpole for you, uh, it's, it's a very emotional time. I can't time. imagine how that, that must yeah. be an amazing feeling. It is. It's so much pride and emotion and you get a little bit teary and a bit choked but really happy as well. So it's fantastic. Oh, so uh, we've got Annie Cat that's joined us. Can you, can you see? <laughs> we can see. Yeah. Annie Cat's joined us on the podcast, <laughs> which is good. Uh, animals are always good for social media. People love animals, so that's they good. Do. Just, just, <laughs> just a cue that, isn't it? Well done, Annie Cat. Um, so yes, being on the podium, that's great. So I retired in 2014, um, and I, got, uh, I was working, working with the Scout Association, and that was for a three-year contract, best job I ever had. But when that finished, a lot of people said, so Steve, what are you going to do now? Yeah. What's the next thing? And I said, I'm going to be a motivational speaker. I kind of said it with my hands up. Motivational And they're saying, wow. Yeah. And keep flying. And like, I said, how are you going to do it? And I said, I have not a clue. But I knew by then that if I was really passionate about something, something that I really wanted, something that made me excited and happy, yeah. a little bit nervous, Something that I really wanted, I'd find a way of working towards it and doing it. And so one of the big things that I did was I joined um, this thing called the PSA, Professional Speakers Association. They're, they're based all around the UK and you, you go there and there's a room full of other speakers. You know, that's what their profession is. Yeah. They speak, that's all they do uh, for, for a job and they get paid for it. I'm like, wow, <laughs> this is great. I want to be like these guys. <laughs> And it's about uh, mixing and mingling with like-minded people. 100%. You you end up being an average of the five people you spend most of your time with. I'm not saying I spend most of my time with them, but just seeing them once a month, chatting to them, relating yeah. with them, talking with them on Facebook, it just shows hope. I think that's the thing. I want to be like them. Yeah. Not comparing myself to them, but getting inspiration from those kind of people. So joining that, uh, when I first joined, so this is really funny. When I, when I first joined, I said, Steve, um, uh, if you join your first year, you can take part in uh, a competition called Speaker Factor. <laughs> and I said, tell me more. 
and they said, um, they said, well, it's five minutes, no slides or anything like that, but you will be judged by the people in the room, by your peers, on your voice, on your stagecraft, on your bookability, on your messages. And I'm like, wow, that sounds like hell. <laughs> that sounds like hell. I said, count me in. <laughs> count me in. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm quite competitive. But also, I've, I've also realised on my journey that to achieve something, you've got to go out of your comfort zone. You can't just say, oh no, I, don't, I won't bother with that. I'll just sit at the back of the room and just make some notes and, and, and be a, a professional speaker. You've got to go for it. Uh, and so I, I entered that. And in my first year, I went through the stages and you know I got all the way to the final. And it was immense being in front of 300 of the top UK speakers oh, wow. in, in the UK. And you know being judged is, is hard. I was almost sick before I went to the stage. <laughs> It was, I was probably more nervous about that than I was, you know, lining up to do, you know, compete against the world yeah. in, in power triathlon. Because then your adrenaline's going, you're just going to like let rip. Whereas when you're on a stage you're, and being judged, I'm not saying I'm being judged all the time, not now as a speaker, you, you're entertaining. But in a competition you are, and that was difficult. Um, but yeah, I learned so much in my first year and really got the bug. I thought, right, I've done really well. I'm going to keep going with this, keep going. And that's what I'm doing now. Did you win? Uh, no, I didn't win. No, uh, but it's, it's my philosophy. Um, and I learned this through being an elite athlete. So I, I achieved world championship status many times. Uh, in one race, the, my last one in London, my goal again was to become world champion. Yeah. And to cut the long story very short, I got beaten uh, as I crossed the finish line. I got beaten. My race takes about one hour 20. I got beaten by 30 seconds. Wow. Uh, so the story there is very much, um, I actually had no regrets. I had been the best that I could be. Yeah. I couldn't go on any faster. But not only on the day, I mean all the preparation, my early mornings, my late nights, my equipment, my nutrition, my mindset, my wellness, my training, my warming up, my transition training, everything. As an elite athlete, everything. I've been the best that I could be in everything. So especially on the day that swim the bike, the run, the transition, everything. So if I got beaten by 30 seconds, I'm like, okay, the result was the result. I could not have gone any faster. Yeah. Now, if I'd said, oh, damn, I should have done more swimming training, then I'm an idiot. I'm a muppet. Uh, that's my fault. I need to take responsibility. And some people do that. So this message I use a lot for, um, for schools, uh, people coming up to their exams. Yeah. They, they, you know, they get to their exam and they go, oh, my gosh, I haven't revised <laughs> enough. You're like, you haven't revised enough? You're an idiot. You're a muppet. If you'd said that three months ago, we could have done something. Yeah. Right here, right now, even the week before, it's too late. So it's about asking yourself every single day, leading up to your big events, your judgment day, whatever it is, to have no regrets. And now I have that philosophy every single day with everything I do. Yeah. When my head hits the pillow, I ask myself at the end of the day, any regrets, Steve? How's the day been? <laughs> and, and it's a great day when I say no regrets. I've yeah. done everything that I'm meant to do, all my lists and everything. But it doesn't happen all the time. There's just many times when I go, no, I... I didn't do as much as I wanted because I got distracted uh, by something else. Sometimes I get distracted by other reasons. So I didn't send all the emails off because I was spending a lot of time playing with my kids. Yeah. Not a bad thing. No regrets. Okay. That, that's, that's priority. But other times I might say that I got sucked into social media again. <laughs> we all do. <laughs> so I just spent, I spent 20 minutes on it and like an hour passed. So I regret that. So let's not do that tomorrow. Yeah. Don't do that tomorrow. So it's about having no regrets, the results, the result. That takes me to the competition. I was the best that I could be. I looked back at that performance that I did in Speaker Factor on that stage, and it was a close call. It was either me or this other person. I didn't win, the other person did. And I look back at my presentation, it's still on YouTube, and I go, it's good. 
It's yeah. really good, even though it was three years ago, that's a good presentation, no regrets. I couldn't have done any better. Yeah. As in my first year, you know, as, as well. And the other person, I think they, they, they've just got into the speaking game, but they were a singer. So, right, okay. yeah, they've yeah. been entertaining, yeah, they've been yeah. on the stage. I, I hadn't done any of that before. So, not that I'm making excuses or anything, <laughs> um, but no, I, I grabbed that, all my experiences, I, and I ran with it. And, and now, look at me, two years, three years later from that point, I'm now a professional speaker, an international speaker. But more than that, um, Saturday, I got handed over the presidency of Yorkshire PSA. Congratulations. Thank you. So that's where I first went three years ago as a novice. I joined there and the president said to me, you know, you should join. And now I'm in that position. I'm president of Yorkshire PSA. And I'm really excited about it because now I've got my chance to give something back. Yeah. I'm very much about that all the way through the journey is giving something back. Uh, so I can do that with the speakers and speakers that come and say, oh, I want to be a speaker. I want to be on the stage. I'm like, okay, okay, calm down. <laughs> <laughs> I know where you're thinking about you're going to be, but let's talk about this. And I'm not saying they can't do it. I'm just saying it's a long, long game that you've got to play. And we were talking about this earlier, yeah. about how impatient we are. And I'm very impatient. I'm very impatient. Very impatient. <laughs> uh, but I don't, what, I, what we're saying then was impatient isn't a bad thing as long as you use it properly. Anger isn't a bad thing as long as you use that anger. If you're angry about something, then do something yeah, about it too. now. Yeah, get on with it. If you're impatient about something, then do something to, to relieve that impatience. So it's about um, short-term gratification and long-term gratification. So we all know, uh, through common sense, that long-term gratification is the way you should go, you know, study hard, get a job, make money. And we, we, we like the short-term gratification where you buy a lottery ticket and you win. Yeah. But that doesn't work. I've tried, it didn't work, okay? <laughs> you can't just, you can't just yeah, I've tried a couple of times, it still doesn't work. You've got to do the long term. And so in speaking, it is about the long term. It's not about having a brilliant website and making a few connections. It's about word of mouth. You're only going to get word of mouth of how good a speaker you are by people hearing you. And you're going to do that by speaking. Yeah. So you've got to do the speaking gigs, uh, grab every single opportunity you get so that the more and more and more people hear you. And sometimes that is unpaid initially at the beginning, and sometimes it is to small audiences. Yeah. But eventually, you know, things will grow uh, with momentum. And you, I still get people coming up to me and say, Steve, you know, I, I heard you two years ago. I'd like to, to book you. I'm like, two years ago? Where have you been? I've <laughs> been waiting for you for two years. Or other people say, they hear me speak. They say, Steve, just heard you speak. You're amazing. We'd like you to speak at our conference. And I'm like, I'm there. What, when? They say, next year. <laughs> Next year? Okay, yeah, I'm in. But what about this year? What, what am I going to do this year? So it's a long-term game. Yeah. You know, it's very hard. And I've been to networking events and said I'm a motivational speaker. Not many people need a motivational speaker. They might need a VA or they might need a plumber or electrician or a website designer. But they don't go, oh, yes, I need a motivational speaker. I'm just looking for one. And, and now there's one in front of me. It's not something that they need, you know, on a, on a daily basis. Um, so it's, it's the long term. And I think what enough. you do incredibly well is inspire people. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of us get so consumed with the day to day that we're doing that we can't visualise where we need to be. And oh. our little our little issues are nothing compared to what you've come overcome in your life. And yeah. it kind of makes you realise and it resonates with a lot of people that stop bitching and moaning about these pathetic things and actually just get on and do something. And I think that's what you, yeah. as, a, as a speaker, give to everybody. And it's so it's such a powerful journey that you... It is true. I, the, the story that I've got is, you know, the adversity that I, I suffered 
was down on my knees and you know and the other thing was it's an accident so there's nobody to blame yeah. just an accident things happen um but it is very much about me pulling out of it and people get inspired by that but it's also about how does that refer to them how does that relate to them and you mentioned uh, the vision and that's what i talk about a lot is uh, having a vision I'm, I'm a visual person and when i was when i was in my in hospital um, doing my diary. I'm not really much of a diary mm. writer, but I started writing this diary and one day I drew a picture instead. And this picture was of me up a mountain uh, walking um, with my crutches at the side of me because I needed something positive to look at, something to keep me going. Hospitals, they, they saved my life, but it's a horrible place. <laughs> my goal was to get out of yeah. hospital. Um, but then I, you know, I used that drawing and I, I looked at that. I used to look at it all the time and think, that's where I want to be. I want to be there. I don't want to be with this cage on in, in pain. I want to be up a mountain. And eventually after like two, three years, I achieved that. And I, I remember going up my mountain and walking and just thinking, I've done it. This is amazing. But I've used that onwards. So when I was an elite athlete, I remember that I wanted to be world champion. And I remember what I did in the hospital about drawing a picture. So, oh, I'm going to draw a picture. Let me just say, this is not a magic pen. Or anything like that <laughs> that I've got. It's just, just a normal piece of paper and a pen, pencil. So I drew a picture uh, of me crossing the finish line uh, with my arms up in the air and my GB kit. And I could see that. I could vision it. And my brain could see that. And I, I, then you naturally work out what you need to yeah. do to get there. It doesn't, you just use a bit of common sense. You know, you need to get a coach, you need to train, nutrition, all of that stuff. And I achieved that goal. So now, where we now in my business, I, I draw pictures. I draw pictures of what I want. And I think that's expanded now to drawing a picture of where I am and, and also where I want to be. So where I am might be, you know, at the moment I'm very happy, yeah. which is great. It's a big smiley face and who's around me, including Annie Cat and things like <laughs> that. Um, but, and, but where do I want to be? You know, I want to be uh, more international gigs. I want to be a bigger stage, bigger lights. Um, but I drew these pictures when I started my business, um, doing, I drew a picture of me in small venues with just a few people yeah. and I drew a picture of the big stage wearing a, a nice blue suit. I even drew a picture of me having one of those head mics because I think they look really cool. Um, as a, as a, you can do it, it's your picture. You see straw back in yeah. the <laughs> You can draw whatever you want, it's just a picture. Yeah. And this is what I do in my workshops, is to just let your inhibitions go, just draw a picture. Um, we're not going to judge you or what you want, but it's important to draw your emotions. Are you happy? I'm sure you are. Who's around you? Yeah. What are you doing? If you've got a pile of cash, what's that money meant for? You know, what are you spending it on? And a lot of people, it's funny, when, when you get into people's why, this is no Simon Sinek, you know, what, what is your why? What is your picture? What is your vision, your dream, your goal? A lot of people, when you get down to the nitty gritty, it's usually helping other people. And that's really nice. Uh, and I've seen it a lot. You know, I want the money so I can take my family on holiday. Yeah. Oh, okay. I want my, holiday, my my money so I can open an orphanage. I'm like, wow, and, and what's this world? Oh yeah, it's not just one orphanage, it's orphanages around the world. I'm like, crikey, this is a great <laughs> vision that you've got. But it's really nice how people open up. Now I'm not, I don't then have time to work out how they're gonna get there, but already their brain's thinking, thinking about how, you know, if you can see it, you can conceive it, you can achieve it, you can believe it. And you know, Google's a great way of working out how you're gonna get there. Um, but you know, you put things in place, but that's where a coach can come in. Like yeah. Because I have my own business coach, uh, Mark Thackeray from Action Coach. So he's been coaching me for over a year now. And I think he's helped me to make my business a bit more grown up. 
Um, we were talking about this earlier. <laughs> about, I think when you start off in a business, you can run it on passion. Definitely. That's great, but that doesn't last forever. You've got to get serious about it. You've yeah. got to grow up about it. You've got to do those systems, procedures. You've got to do finance and work out where you are. So I had a, a shock revelation um, about probably about a couple of months ago because he's getting me to do my finances. And to be honest, once I get you know, into the nitty gritty of doing the Excel spreadsheet and seeing the result, I get quite addicted to it. That's quite nice. It's having to get all the results and the figures and put them, type them all in. That's the boring part. But when I saw this graph, I was like, oh my gosh, look, I'm doing terrible. I was like negative. I was like losing money, you know, since April this year. I was like, oh, this is really, really depressing. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I, I'm not naive. I know there are some gigs coming up, some highly paid gigs just yeah. around the corner. And I know that will boost me up. But at that moment in time, I was negative. I'm like, I'm running my business. This is really bad. But what I did, and I, I want to do a video on this at some point, what I did is I took action. And suddenly I moved everything off my desk yeah. that I had to do. And I said, I need to do lead generation. I need to find some more gigs. And I started doing, I started, con I contacted past clients. I was so, going to say, how yeah. do you do, how do you get leads for a speaking business? Because I mean, I've, I'm very early into my speaking journey, so to speak. Yeah. And all the ones I do, they're very small and they're, they're all free um, okay. so how it's like how do you transition from doing that to big international paid gigs and how do you get the leads to do that so the free gigs yeah get used to that yeah um, <laughs> um and then uh i find the best way is to pray uh just pray <laughs> Beg, begging is Pressure usually quite good <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> anything, anything, yeah. what more can i do what more can i do what can i do pray so it's um it's about working towards it. It's about building up your network. It's about shouting loud as well. You know, you, on social media, I mean, through marketing, you shout loud before the event, you shout loud when you're at the event, yeah. you shout loud when you finish the event. That's three social media posts. If you can tag people in, yeah. that's great. Get some testimonials. Um, it's quite hard because you've got to be very, um, it sounds like you've got to be full of yourself. You've got to believe in yourself. You've got to realise what you're doing, what you're giving to people and put that out there. Yeah. Uh, and sometimes we're, we're very British about that. Oh, no, no, I let somebody else do that. They, they don't do it. They're not going to do it. They're not going to shout about you. So you've got to shout about yourself sometimes and that's hard. Um, but you've got to do that. Um, and then, yeah, just season those opportunities. So um, this ties into a vision. another story. So very quickly. Uh, I was in Australia, 1996, <laughs> travelling around, uh, so it was a while ago, and I was travelling around Australia, and uh, the floods came down, and I got stuck in this uh, this hostel, and the, uh, I couldn't get out, and I stuck there with this Japanese guy, and I taught him to speak uh, English over two days, and as we left, as we parted, he said thank you, and he was just about to go off to Darwin, he gave me a gift, and this gift was a 5 yen coin, and it's called a Goen. Right. And this five yen coin, it's called a go-in. The go-in stands for good karma. He says, I give this to you, Steve, um, and this will bring you good luck, good karma, as long as you are aware of your vision and you seize opportunities. Okay, that's great. Thank you very much. I didn't have a gift for him, but I said, thank you very much. And he went off to Darwin. That day, I went out to the outback, and I was on this quest to find this natural wall of China. It's a granite vein. All the rocks have eroded either side of it. And on my way, I, I struggled. And my, my sandal broke, I had to tape it up. I, I, I limped all the way to this, this wall. I managed to climb up this wall and I took a photo of me on this wall and it was just amazing. And while I was on that wall, celebrating, uh, looking out into the middle of nowhere, I reached in my pocket and I felt that go-end coin and I pulled it out. I get it now. If you're aware of your vision and you seize the opportunities, you can achieve. 
So I had this as a gift, I didn't think too much about it. And I found that Going coin in 2009, I was rummaging through the loft. That was just as I started my power triathlete journey. Mm. I thought, I'm going to need some good luck for this. <laughs> I'm going to need some good karma to the good karma gods. So I put it around my neck and I've still got it now. Uh, oh, wow. here. So I have this all the time and it reminds me to always be aware of my vision, yeah. but always seize the opportunities as well because there's opportunities out there everywhere. You've got to hear them, see them, yeah. smell them, you've got to grab hold of them, do something with them. The free gigs, you've got to keep doing those because you don't know who's in the audience. Yeah. Uh, and other people don't know they're free. They're not free, really. They're not free, yeah, but loads. Um, load. Nobody knows whether they're free or whether they're paid. So just sing and dance about them uh, and connect and follow up. You know, we're talking about business owners. Following up is, is such a massive thing. Whether that's business cards, whether it's finding them on LinkedIn and connecting with them and then asking for a testimonial yeah. about you speaking, you've connected. And that's great. If they've said, like, put a paragraph together of how amazing you were, that's great. They obviously think that you were amazing. Yeah. You can tap into that maybe a month later, maybe a year later, because they thought you were amazing. Yeah. So don't drop that. We're talking about how many testimonials I've got. I've got nearly 400. That's great. Amazing. <laughs> but that's through following up as well yeah. and asking, asking people, grabbing those opportunities. And it's a long, long burner. It's a slow burner, should I say. And your impatience will get the better of you at times. Saying, this is not happening fast <laughs> enough. Uh, we've already talked about it in the speaker, speaker industry. It just takes time. And so that's where it's very important for you to believe in yourself because the phone will not ring and you will be very quiet as a speaker throughout the, the summer months, you know, June, July, August. You're like, crikey, when's this going to kick off? Um, but eventually it will. Mm -hmm. and, and believing in yourself and having that vision. So the vision that I talk about, I do I have my morning routine that yeah. I do and I recommend this for... All business are not my routine. I think it's very important for you to come up with your own routine, um, but come up with something. So I get up at 5.30, I read a self-development book, just a chapter or so. Um, I do a few exercises to get the endorphins going, the adrenaline, and then sit down in a yoga pose and I visualize. Yeah. So it's close to med meditation, but it's visualization about what I want, what I really want, what makes me excited, what makes me a little bit nervous, <laughs> but what makes me really happy about what I want to achieve. Opening my eyes, I'm like, yes, I really want that. I'm smiling, I want to do that. What do I need to do? I'm getting impatient. So I'm right back <laughs> I go to my chair and I read through um, these words of affirmation. So words of affirmation, it's quite embarrassing really because it's it's uh, saying how good you are. I, I do. You I, do words yeah, of affirmation yeah. as well. And again, it's very on British, you know, we say, I, Steve, I am ingenious. I am wise, I am dedicated, I am committed. I will not lean on my excuses. I'll turn my excuses into change. All of these things I say out loud so I can yeah. hear them. And I feel good about myself. I then write down five things, just five things that are going to take me to my vision. That thing that I've just been thinking about, that thing that I got really excited about. Five things. And it's not emails or phone calls unless that's what I need to do. But I've written those down. And the thing is, is that when you get to work, because that takes you about seven o'clock, yeah. kids wake up. <laughs> turn upside down and, uh, yeah, and, and, and I get the kids ready for school and send them off to school when I sit down at my desk and there's lots of distractions already I've got those five things yeah. that I know that if I do those today that will take me closer towards my goal my vision my gold as I would call it and that's really important and that's why I say at the end of the day I ask myself did I do those five things yeah. sometimes not but sometimes I do and I go yes <laughs> I am five steps closer to achieving that amazing goal and that's really exciting. Mm -hmm. and, and for people that don't do that, and I understand people have busy lives and there's time restrictions and there's other distractions, 
And if you're not working towards your goal at all, day after day after day, that's hard. Yeah. That is really depressing, demoralizing, that will drag you down. So you need to just do one thing and it might be one Google search, it might be one phone call, one email, just something to move you forward. Because otherwise you feel that you're static or that you're even moving backwards. And that's a horrible place to be in. Well, I mean, obviously we're coming to the end of the year. Yeah. Um, goal setting, everyone should be thinking about it. Mm. What are you putting in place now for next year? What, what's that? How do you set your goals and what are your goals for next year? So uh, how I set my goals. So I have them with Action Coach. So I've got them on a three months. So I've got goals for, for this, this period at the moment, which is very much lead generation. Is I'm writing a, another book at the moment, oh, wow. uh, an, an e-book. So this is about how to speak, uh, speak more, speak better, and it's going to be an e-book. So it's a, it's going to be a, a book that I'm going to give out yeah. for free. I'm going to do lots of videos connected with that because it's going to promote me as a speaker coach, yeah. which is what I really want to move into. Um, so why do I want to move into that? It's because I want to help people. I want to give something back. I've got so many skills now of of becoming a professional speaker. And so when I see other people attempting to be a speaker, I'm like, oh, if they just did this and they, they just did that <laughs> yeah. and just adjusted that slightly, that would be so much better. Uh, and to, to get that across to them in a nice, nice critical way to help them, that's what I want to do. Um, because I believe that every single person out there has got a story inside them. And if they want to share that story, whether that's through um, friends and family or even in business and corporations, if they want to share that story and inspire get a message across or help people, I want to be able to help them to do that. So I'm working on that at the moment. Um, what me and the kids do is at the beginning of the year is we write down a list of things that we want to do. Um, I call it a, a list of goals, um, but I've tried to convince them. It's not a list of goals. It's just, <laughs> it's, no, 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 it's not goals. It's just what do you want to do? And they're like, is this a goals list? <laughs> what are you talking about? So we buy that list and then we work through it. And it might be things like, I want to do more park runs. Yeah. Um, I want to go to the zoo. I want to play with my cousins more, see my, you know, see the, see the grandparents more, see my mum more, uh, spend more time with my friends out on the bike. So sometimes it's just things I want to do, but secretly, I guess, interspersed in that is goals that I want to achieve. Uh, with my book coming out, I want yeah. to keep promoting that, getting that story out there. That's where everything is. So I really want to keep keep promoting that, working on my new ebook, working as a speaker coach, but also um, becoming president of the PSA. You know, a big part of that is to, to get people involved. So we run our, our meetings every month. First one is, is like a plug this, 25th of January, <laughs> get yourself there. So 25th of January is my first meeting and it's held in Leeds and anybody, I invite you as well, Laura. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So come along. Come along to the meeting, be in a room of people that are speakers and, and do this for a living and people that are just starting out as well. There's gonna be um, three speakers there, one doing a showcase, which is 15 minutes, and they get judged, they get feedback, <laughs> they scare me. But, but he's realized, Simon, he's realized that's what he needs to do to get yeah. better. We've got uh, uh, Steve uh, Chickwick, uh, Chickick, I think it is. Anyway, he's, he's gonna be there speaking, and we've also got Nigel Risner. So Nigel is one of the top speakers of the PSA. And he's, 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 what he's going to be talking about is how to help people become a professional speaker. Right. Simple as that. So he's giving a lot. It's, it's going to be amazing. I'm really excited about that. So that I'm going to put a lot of time and dedication into that next year. So that's probably one of my big goals, I would say. As well as keep my wellness up, yep. get my fitness and health up. It, it does suffer. You know, I admit that I, I wasn't an elite athlete. I'm not anymore. I keep fit and healthy. I do a triathlete every, a triathlon every year. 
But you know, when I'm sucked into my business, when I'm sat there at the computer and I look out and I can see the blue sky and I think, I, I wanna be out there. I just wanna do a little bit more work, There's a few more emails, it's hard. So I need to look after myself. I do a, a session, a keynote on this about getting to the start line. If you can't even get to the start line, if you can't even get to work because you're ill, then you can't perform. But I learned that as an elite athlete about injury prevention. I'm learning that as a business owner about don't get ill. If you, do, if you get ill, you can't work. So just get the balance right. It's, it's funny you say that actually this year, the last 12 months. So I used to be really into my running 12 months ago. Um, and then we, I obviously got into this business with my husband full time. And I've never been as ill like since doing it. Like in the last twelve months, oh, I probably burnt out about five times because right. I just get that consumed with work. Yeah, everything else goes out the window. I don't exercise. My diet's not the best it's ever been. Yeah, and then you end up being ill. Then you're taking time off work, and it just seems to be a, a cycle that yeah. you just repeat and repeat instead of saying actually hang on a minute because then when you're off and you're self-employed the work's never gone it's, it just builds up even more and it's yeah, like yeah. you're like on a hamster wheel just trying to like catch up with everything yeah um and i would like to just take the little hamster off the wheel mm. sort myself out and then put myself you know back into a position where i can push my business forward but i think sometimes mentally it's difficult for business owners they can't see the woods wood for the trees and yeah. instead of working on our businesses we work in them yeah um which i'm i'm getting there <laughs> yeah but it's, it's difficult it is difficult but it's one th it's a good thing to admit it. it's like yeah. opening up about it but it, it's harder than no regrets you know I, I always talk about the no regrets but then i say any regrets i think no i blitzed it on my business well done me great <laughs> wellness <laughs> my business is amazing I did really well on that and I always kid myself that I'm not spending enough time on well on my wellness because almost that doesn't matter yeah and the business and helping other people is important you think well yeah but if you don't look after yourself Steve it's it is hard and I am getting there I'm aware of it I was on the rowing machine this morning which is great I don't do that every morning but you know I, I do something yeah. I, and the winter's the hardest and again being open and admitting that it's dark it's cold uh, your your body holds on to more fat because it's cold and you're trying to keep your weight. It's just, it's hard. Um, but that's not an excuse. Yeah. You know, you just got to admit it and then mm. move on, take ownership, take accountability and take responsibility yeah. and just do it, take action. Cool. Mm. So thank you so much for your time today, Steve. That's okay. It's been amazing and we look forward to your next book. Either. Yeah. When, well, yes, when do you think it's going to be out? <laughs> <laughs> If you'd asked me a couple of months ago, it would have been, uh, I wanted it out by the end of this year. Uh, I'm struggling to spend to, uh, enough time on it and I haven't even thought about publishing and everything. So uh, my, my coach has told me to, to start, you know, getting a bit more mathematical about it yeah. and working out. But it will be, realistically, it's going to be early next year. Cool. Um, but as soon as it comes out, I will shout loud about it. <laughs> I'll let you know about it. And obviously that could be an, another podcast I'll be happy to do maybe in a year's time talking about uh, speaker coaching. Oh, that would be fun. Yeah, you know, maybe giving some top yeah. tips, and maybe like five top tips or something on, on helping people. Um, but yeah, I got all of my top tips from the PSA. So, you know, before my book comes out, just come to the PSA. No, 25th of January, that'd be great. Cool. Okay. Well, we'll put the link for Steve's book in the podcast notes, in the show notes, and that's Don't Lean On My Excuse... Um, don't Lean On Your Excuses. Don't Lean On Your yeah. Excuses. Um, yeah, and we will see you all next time. Thank you again. Thank you very much.